So do you wonder if you're with a narcissist? Well, I'm going to give you 13 signs to look for so you can discover that. This term's being thrown around everywhere. Like everyone breaks up and they're like, oh, they were a narcissist. And it's not always true. It's just become this garden variety term. I mean, we all have narcissism in us. Narcissism is healthy. It's a sense of self-love and self-effication. Um, it's good for us, but it's when it kicks over to the toxic side. Now, the first thing you have to recognize with narcissism is it's a trait. It's not a disorder. They were not born this way. And this is what's heartbreaking. Whether you've been with a narcissist, you know one, or you see one on TV, Remember to have tremendous empathy. The reason they're a narcissist is they went through horrific pain and trauma in childhood, like absolutely horrific. Um, the type of parenting they receive, massive abandonment, massive neglect, massive manipulation. And so while I don't want to let them off the hook for the consequences of how they treat people, just remember this, this is sad. These are people in tremendous pain. And I think that's something that gets lost. We just lump them into a pile and go, oh, they're terrible people. Well, they were made to be terrible. And don't forget that. So while you're going to see the best way to deal with a narcissist is to end any contact with them, don't forget that if you've been subjected or if you picked a narcissist, um, they became that because they've been through horrific things in childhood. Their parenting was really just awful. Okay. So the first thing to recognize is with the narcissist, everything's about power and control. All right. It, everything's a game because they, they lack the ability to have proper empathy. They just don't care. It's not possible. And so every attempt or every engagement with them is about extracting something from you. It is a pure power dynamic, a pure manipulative game. That's all they're after. And so they use incredibly crazy making tactics to get us to question our reality, question who we are. They'll spin everything back. And as you'll see in the characteristics, exactly how do they do that? Um, and one of the surest signs is they are always going to flip things around and turn it back on you. They will claim you're the narcissist. Um, it, it's always a diversion away from them. So <clears throat> this is a, I, I did this show with God a couple years ago and I did it an hour. So I'm going to have to run through this really quick to try and get this in a 20, 25 minute podcast. So we're just going to glance over it, but you know, try and get deep enough so you can recognize if you're with a narcissist, whether you work with one or, um, you know, so you can identify it right away. The first thing to recognize is they are incredibly charming. They'll tell you how special you are, how smart. Um, they need to feel special, so they'll make you special. Now, women, female narcissists, like everyone thinks it's just men. Oh, no. There are lots of female narcissists. And, and usually what they do is they dangle the carrot of sex. Highly sexual women who, uh, you know, you see it on Facebook and Instagram, you know, all, all the, their pictures are s sexually suggestive. That's a strong indication, not always, but a strong indication that you might be dealing with a narcissist. Men, you know, obviously we know it's, it's usually men in power, men who've achieved a lot. The most successful men generally, um, not generally, I, I hate to put a number on it, 
but quite often there's you know pretty heavy narcissism there um, that drove them because they're after the achievement. Like they make all the money. They make, it's it's always about can I get more? Can I get? I just I need more adulation, and that's why they need they make you special, and why they you know overinflate you and connect you. They're so charming, and why women you know, will make you out to be something great sexually and, you know, chase you on and dangle that sexual carrot. And they'll be highly sexual with you in the beginning and eventually withdraw it. <clears throat> the second thing about a narcissist is they will talk about them nonstop. They don't ask you questions. Uh, they don't follow up. They'll take pretty much every topic and spin it back on themselves. Um, I, my mom was narcissistic and I remember sitting at the you know, the dining room table, Christmas table, there's big discussion going on. And all of a sudden my mom would just blurt out, how does this dress look on me? Like we'd be talking politics or whatever. Like she had to draw the attention back to her, you know, and that's a characteristic of a narcissist. They, they'll just bulldoze a conversation and spin it back to them. Something about them. It always has to revolve around them. Another sign you're with a narcissist is you feel crazy and confused all the time. Um, I married a narcissist and I described the, the feeling of being on a roulette wheel. She would berate me for hours about how awful I was. And I'd keep asking questions, trying to find out what the problem was. And I'd finally get it narrowed down. And that's why I use the analogy of a roulette wheel. It's like, okay, so it's red 22. If I do this, everything will be better. And the second I would get her to nail, like I'd funnel it into like, this is, this is what the problem is. She'd spin back out and all of a sudden it's black 15 and it would go on for hours. And by the end of the conversation, you know, I mean, I love to drink Coke. Coca-Cola is like, I, I probably have two or three a day. It's my guilty pleasure. Well, by the end of a conversation with her, I would be convinced that my favorite drink was lemonade. Like you just go, wow, did I really do that? Maybe I did. Maybe I was mean. That's the crazy making nature of being with a narcissist. The fourth characteristic is that they ignore your needs and feelings. They get bored. When you talk about your emotional struggles, they just tune out. You know, they'll grab their phone. They just, huh, mm -hmm, yeah, yeah. Well, and then they'll spin it back to them. But they could really care less about how you feel. When it comes to arguments, they just shrug their shoulders. They won't even engage it. Um, they just walk away. They just don't. They just, because they lack that empathy, they really don't care. But now flip side, if they have, you know, emotional needs or wants, you better listen. That was my wife. It was, oh my God, that's all I ever heard about was her needs, her wants, and how I wasn't, you know, perfectly meeting them, even if I was. Um, yet they can't handle any type of criticism, any critique, anything at all. None. And the second you critique them, you can get violent rage and they'll usually spin it back on you. The fifth sign that you're with a narcissist is they constantly need their ego stroke, their looks, their intellect, their status. Um, and therefore, the, the friendships are difficult for them. They don't have a lot of friends and nothing's long term. Nothing's connected. They bounce in and out. And it's always about the other person. You know, again, that was my first wife. Um, she you know, latch on to somebody. And then the next thing you know, after a short period of time, it was, you know, how this person betrayed him and he betrayed her and how awful they were. And it was just this cycle 
You know, there were some long-term people, but, but she could never stay in relationship with them. There would, you know, be periods of time they'd get together and there'd be some blow up and she would cast them aside. Um, because a narcissist, the reason is a narcissist is sucking the emotions out of you. They survive off of our emotions. And so, but they need a constant supply and a new supply. Like you're not enough. There isn't, you can't give them enough emotion or enough, meet enough of their needs. And they need it from many sources, not just one person. And so they will use you for a period of time until they cast you away or they'll keep you in your hip pocket, in their hip pocket until they've just taken everything from you. And they're so bored. It's like a cat with a, you know, you play with a cat, you bring a toy home and they just love it. And after a couple minutes, like, Ugh, just look at you. I mean, that's a good way to describe a narcissist. They're like cats. They just could give a damn about anyone but themselves. And that's really what it, you know, I know I'm, I'm going to get cat people going, well, my cat's not that way. My cat's great. I'm, I'm sure there are, but we all know that very few cats are engaging. They're basically narcissists. It's all about them and they could really care less about you. And they give you that look. That's a great analogy of a narcissist. A big characteristic number six of a narcissist is they are incredibly sarcastic. They put you down. They have demeaning names for you. Like my ex would call me dork um, all the time. They have mean one-liners. They criticize what you do, how you do it, what you wear. Um, they shrug it off as, what are you so sensitive for? Like she just, we'd be driving and she'd punch me in the arm. And she'd have this look in her eye. And I'd, and I'd be like, could you stop? She's like, what? What? Can't take it? Can't take it? It was, it was just pure evil. I mean... Because here I am as a man, I can't punch back. Do you see the power dynamic in that? You see the evilness of that and the criticism, the demeaning, like challenging my manhood if I can't take a woman hitting me, right? You know, punching me in the arm. What's the big deal? Can't you take it? Like that was the, the stuff I went through. And that's what they'll do, whether it's the way you dress, the way you look, you know, they'll find disrespectful pet names for you. They'll ask you to do something, and then the way you do it, they go, well, that's not right. That's not good enough. You know, I, I expected something better than that. You know, you've planned this wonderful date or something, and they find ways to criticize it. The seventh characteristic is they feel entitled to respect, special treatment, and immediate compliance of their requests. Like, you drop the world for them, and if you don't, oh my God, this is where they spin it. You're so selfish. You're so self-centered. All you care about is yourself, yet their demands are instant. It's just, it's all about them. But if you, you know, God, you could, your parents could be dying and they request that you bring home takeout and you're at the hospital and then they'll chastise you. Well, I worked all day. Can't, I was exhausted. And, you know, you've spent your life with your mother, you know, things like that. Like just, and you're like, Wow, you're caught in this double bind. You know, you're constant with a narcissist. You feel like you're in a double bind. Whichever, whatever choice you make, you lose. You can never win. That's the toxic, toxic nature of it. Number seven, they resent or they envy others' success. They put them down and they'll put you down when you try to succeed or they'll try and take credit for it. They'll say, well, you know, if it wasn't for my support, if it wasn't, you know, um, They'll see someone else that's 
succeeding just as much or close to them and they'll find fault in it. I know that's one of my narcissistic traits. I do that. I have to own that. You know, when it comes to the personal development stuff, I love what I talk about. And I think other people, I put down other people. It's something I always have to catch myself. But see, a narcissist would never admit that. Never. They can't admit any wrongdoing. I mean, I have, pardon me, narcissistic traits. And that's one of them where because of my own insecurity, because this means so much to me, and I know how helpful the things I talk about are to other people. It goes back to my childhood. I could never get my dad to listen to me and hear who I really was. And so my narcissism, the abandonment, the low self-esteem, the sense of not being good enough pops up. And I'm like, why won't people listen to this? This can be so helpful. Well, that's incredibly narcissistic. I don't know if you need to listen to what I talk about. Maybe it helps you. Maybe it doesn't. It depends on where you are in your journey and you know, it's, it's, but do you see, because I've done the work on it, I can see reality like the adult me goes, okay, that's just the broken child in you that wants everyone to think what you talk about is a value to them. Okay. The difference being, you know, when I get into that childish narcissistic state, I can get into adulthood and manage it. Whereas a narcissist would never admit that, oh, wow, I'm being really childish here. This is about my trauma history. This isn't about them. I'm the problem. So <clears throat> the ninth characteristic is they have a Jekyll, Jekyll and Hyde um, mood. They can be passive aggressive, lashing out at you. And then one minute they're kind, the next minute they're mean. They just, you never know what's going on. Their opinions or beliefs change. Um, and they try and fit those to make you crazy. Like I said, that was my first wife. You know, get it narrowed down to red 22 on the roulette wheel and it spin out to black 15. Could nev- I could never, ever understand what she needed or wanted. And literally, it could, she would sit and scream and yell. This was how underdeveloped I was because of my childhood. The best I could do is I would stand in front of her screaming at me for six hours constantly asking questions, constantly taking abuse, constantly hearing how awful I was, um, and constantly trying to fix it. Well, the key with a narcissist is they don't want you to fix it because she got me for six hours sucking all that life out of me. It's all about power. And so if I ever fixed it, she'd lose her power source. She couldn't feed off me emotionally. She couldn't suck it all out of me. Okay. The other thing, number I mentioned this earlier, the 10th characteristic is they're hypersensitive. They're unable to accept any kind of criticism. They tend to view any feedback as a threat or insulting. Like this is where they'll spin it. This is where they call you the narcissist, call you evil. Like all the things that they've done. Oh my God, how could you? And you're like, well, wait a minute. You're punching me in the arm, calling me a dork. And they won't hear it like And they'll get rageful. Like, that was the thing. She scared the living hell out of me. The rage in her eyes. Like, it, and then she was physically abusive too. So it would, it was the best I could do. I just, I would shut down. I'd freeze. Um, So, but that's the, that's the way they control you is they, they use that volatile mood swings and they become overly upset when you offer any sort of suggestion that's contrary to what they believe or what they think or how they should do something, they get completely annoyed about any feedback. Um, 
and and can and will most often fly into a rage um, if you do disagree with them in any way. Like you have to be compliant. So look, there are arguments in a relationship. So this is a, you know a lot of people going, oh, that's my husband, that's my wife. Well, no, this is constant. It's everything, and not everyone's like that. Okay, people have certain trigger points, but not everything is a um, any type of critique will do that. <clears throat> Meaning. Not every person will fly into rage over every any sort of suggestion or critique, but a narcissist, it's basically 100% of the time. Characteristic number 11 is they are massive manipulators. They are gifted, absolutely gifted. They promise to go to, you know, therapy. Um, they'll, they'll manipulate by threatening to harm themselves. Um, they'll never, but they'll never go to therapy. I mean, that, again... I keep bringing up my ex-wife. We went to five different therapists. And as long, you know, we'd go in and she'd tell the therapist how awful I was. And we'd spend, I don't know, two to four weeks working on Kenny. And the whole sessions would just be me hearing how awful I was and me learning skills and tools to get better at that. And then every counselor would turn to her and go, so what about you? Let's talk about you. And on the drive home, she'd go, yeah, I don't like them. We need to see somebody else. And again, I couldn't stand up for myself. And so we'd move on to the next therapist. So that's one of the, they'll, they'll go into therapy under that guys. You know, the, if, if they go into therapy and, and they get any suggestion from the therapist that they're the problem, boom, they're gone. They won't participate. Okay. And I, I run into that a lot in couples therapy, the couples that I work with, um, you know, one of the spouses refuses to look at anything about themselves. It's always the other person. Number 12, they accuse you of something random. Um, usually behaviors that they're doing, um, like out of the blue, you're like, and this is the crazy making aspect. This happened to me all the time. It's like, wait, like, you know, I can't believe Kenny that you um, left the, you know, the, the trash in the trash can yesterday. And it's like, but wait a minute. I've been in Vail the last five days working. I wasn't even here. Oh, yes, you were. And you're like, like you question it. And they're so good at it. They've developed this massive false story to just drill into you and they won't let it go. And then the aggression gets up because now you're challenging their view and their reality and and, you know, usually people that fall prey to a narcissist is because of, you know, unhealed trauma in themselves. And so that's why, you know, I've done another video on, you know, the seven reasons we attract a narcissist because of our own damage. Like this, you, we don't end up with a narcissist because we're healthy. We end up with a narcissist because of our own damage. And so if you're with a narcissist, the biggest mistake you can make is to think they're just the problem. Oh, no. It's both. And so if you're with, if you've heard this, you're like, my God, I'm with a narcissist, go to my YouTube channel and look for the, uh, it's, I think the seven ways we attract a narcissist because you need to see that because your, your unhealed trauma is the whole reason you got with them. And they're not responsible for that. We need to fix that. Like I had to go heal the characteristics in me that allowed me to get in that relationship. They're not, she was never responsible for that because had I, had I healed those before meeting her, we would have never met. So don't forget that. If you're with a narcissist, it's you need work too. 
You know, and I say that lovingly. We're all perfectly imperfect. We've all been through less than perfect childhoods, and that's why we're drawn to these dynamics. So, um, again, number 12 is they accuse you of random things, that, and that's the crazy-making stuff where you're like, I have no clue where this is coming from. And finally, number 13 is gaslighting. And this, this is the torturous aspect of it. Um, and you know you've been gaslighted if you don't feel like you're the person you used to be. If you feel more anxious and less confident, like I know I, the set, like I would driving home from work, like the anxiety, the fear and walking in the house going, okay, how do I need to act? What do I need to do? Can I say anything? Like, you know, a constant fear and anxiety, um, depressed, um, there are pictures of me. I was, I, you know, it was like 60 pounds thinner. I stopped eating. Um, yeah, it was awful. You, and then, and you're constantly asking yourself, well, am I being too sensitive? <clears throat> you're constantly taking on blame for everything in the relationship. That's what the gaslighting does. You feel like everything you do is wrong. You think it's all your fault. When things go wrong, you find yourself apologizing all the time. You sense that something's wrong in the relationship, but you can't identify it. And that's because the double bind they always place you in and how they're able to magically spin out of any imperfection and spin it back on you. And by the end of it, you're like, God, I guess I did do that. I remember that going, God, I guess I did that. And apologizing for things I've never done. Like they're gifted, really gifted at that. <clears throat> You'll question whether your response to your partner was appropriate, like whichever way you go. That's the other part of it is because of their mood swings, you respond to a question or something they've done this way and you're like, oh, that worked. The next day you do the same thing and it's, oh my God, you're the worst person in the world. And so you're like, uh, what do I do? And you ask them about it. Then the rage, this is the roulette wheel, red 22, black 15. But I did this. No, you didn't. That's not what you did. You did this. And not like, right? Because you're challenging them. The other thing is you make excuses for the behavior. You basically deny and minimize it to your friends, your family. Um, you're trying to find a way because the reason we do that, this goes to the seven signs in us is we don't want to admit we're part of the problem and that we're getting sucked into it because our self-esteem is so low. It would be another self-esteem hit to admit to ourselves. Wow. I'm really getting sucked into this. Okay. Again, I don't have time to go into that. Go watch my other video. If you're succumbing to a narcissist, it's because of your own unhealed pain. And I go into more depth on that. So what's the solution to, if you want to outsmart a narcissist, there's only one way to stay with a narcissist, to outsmart a narcissist, to conquer them. You have to become one. That's it. You have to give up your soul. You have to remove any sense of empathy. You basically have to be around them and adopt their patterns. You can never beat a narcissist. Ever, 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 ever. You will never get them to see the truth. You will never get them to feel empathy for you. You will never. And this is the toughest piece for people that are around a narcissist is they, because of their own, their, their severe, their own severe abandonment in childhood, they keep thinking they can fix it. And that's one of the signs. That's one of the ways they play into being seduced by a narcissist is their own massive abandonment. And they think they can fix it. 
You just can't. So if you're with if you recognize you're with a narcissist and you're like, I've got to get out, I've got to end this, I'm done. Well, I'm going to give you some solutions to do that. The first is you have to delete, block, and remove any and all contact with them. You can't engage them in any way. If you delete and block them and they find a way around it and they get in touch with you, you cannot respond ever, ever, ever. You have to completely cut the emotional supply because, you know, they'll, they'll persist. And especially here's what happens is you start to heal and start to get better. Out of nowhere, they'll magically appear. You'll run into them. They'll send a text. I remember my ex-wife 12 years later when I discovered all this, when I finally recovered my soul it was maybe a little longer than that, but I'd finished my book and everything. It was scary. She lives thousands of miles away and I hadn't heard from her in years and boom, I get an email. I was just thinking about you. I'm worried. Are you okay? <clears throat> like made my, like that's how gifted they are at feeling and reading your emotion. I had cleared from her like completely. And she went reaching back, trying to see, can I suck it back out? It was creepy. And that's what they'll do. And that's why you just have to, no more contact. You can't get near them. You just can't respond to things like that. When you think you're like, oh, I can handle it now. No, you can't. You'll be sucked right back in. You have to set boundaries with them and stick with them. You can't break them. You, they'll, they're master manipulators, so they'll find a way to try and seduce you into breaking those boundaries. You can't do it. And finally, I, I said this just a minute ago, you have to get into reality. You can't change them. They aren't nice, not because they're bad people, but like I said, because they were made this way. But they are, no, they are not capable of true love, connection, intimacy, support, and actually being there for you. And you have to accept that truth. It is absolutely impossible. It's like trying to tell the sun that it's, you know, purple. Is, are you going to be able to convince anyone and yourself that the sun is purple? No, it's the same with a narcissist. You, could, you, you have to accept this is who they are. And finally, you can never let your guard down, ever, ever. Like I said, my ex, years, years later, sends an email. Oh, still just makes my skin crawl how adept they are at knowing that. And so you always, when that request comes in, when that attempt comes in, you have to be ready for it and start choosing, okay, it's time for me to gain myself back. <clears throat> Again, if you're in the relationship with a narcissist, if you're leaving one, you're unsure how you ended up with one, please go to my YouTube channel. I think, again, the name, I should have written it down. Uh, the seven signs, you're, you're, uh, the seven ways we attract a narcissist. I think that's the way to, that's the title. The seven ways we attract a narcissist. You have to watch that. If you've ever been with a narcissist and you haven't, seen those things in yourself and recovered from them, you will continue to attract narcissists in your life. It, you'll find, you'll just move on to the next one. Maybe not as severe, maybe more severe, but it requires work on our end. 
That's the biggest mistake. That's the single biggest mistake people make that they've been with a narcissist is they go, oh, it wasn't me. And that's the problem with the online stuff. You go watch everything on narcissism. They make out the person who's been with one is a saint and they never did anything. Oh, you poor thing. They never show them. Wait a minute. There are things inside of you that allowed this dynamic to happen that made you attracted to them. And so they never help them. And this is where my narcissism comes up. I get angry. I'm like, they need to tell you this. Why won't they tell you this? They just, oh, you're a victim. It's not your fault. Well, that doesn't help you. It doesn't get you to the solution of how you ended up there in the first place. So anyway, there's my low self-esteem, the little kid in me who still wants his father to listen to him projecting it onto you. You guys are now my father. Please listen to me. Um, you know, the wounds inside of me um, that I get to, I love them. I get to embrace them every day and just go, oh, sometimes it's the best I can do. And, I, you know, there's a lot worse things in life to be imperfect. So I love my imperfections. And that's one of them I love too. It's just how else could I have survived what I went through? Than to react that way. So at any rate, it's the same for you. There's nothing wrong with you. You just went through some pain and you just have a choice if you want to overcome it. So there are your 13 signs. There's your way to end it with a narcissist, get help for yourself and reclaim your life. I hope you choose it. You're worth it. 